Good morning from WKYT News. I'm Bill Bryant and we welcome you to Kentucky Newsmakers. Later, we'll have a report from our Sam Dick about a court in Lexington that deals with those with severe mental illness who are often also facing substance abuse and criminal charges. That's coming up in just a bit, a very interesting story. But first, our coverage of campaign 2019 continues. Today, we welcome Republican candidate for Kentucky Attorney General Daniel Cameron. Kentucky hasn't elected a Republican attorney General since Eldon Dummett won that powerful post back in 1943. Kentucky has never had an African-American Attorney General, so Cameron hopes to make history on November 5th. To get there, he'll have to defeat former Democratic Attorney General Greg Stumbo, who was with us last week, and Cameron will have to withstand a legal challenge to his qualifications to hold the job. Cameron is campaigning hard. He's a former U of L football player and attorney for U.S. Senator Mitch McConnell and now candidate for Attorney General, welcome. It's good to see you. Thank we you so much. You coming Honored in. to be yes, here. Sir. Yes, sir. Uh, this is your first uh, political run. Uh, why did you enter the race for Kentucky Attorney General? Yes. Well, look, I spent uh, two and a half years as uh, Senator McConnell's general counsel in D.C., and during that period of time, I uh, helped him work on some judicial nominations. Uh, but the reason I'm sitting here today uh, is because I worked very closely with the Kentucky law enforcement community. Uh, I was the liaison, if you will, between McConnell's office and our law enforcement community back here. Uh, so I became intimately familiar uh, with the day-in, day-out struggles and challenges that our law enforcement community has here uh, as it relates to fighting uh, what is ultimately, ultimately, in my judgment, come, become the public safety challenge of our lifetime, and that is the drug epidemic. And so I worked closely with the Kentucky Nar Narcotics Officers Association, uh, Appalachia Haida, Operation Unite. Uh, the Warren County Drug Task Force, our Northern Kentucky Drug Strike Force, uh, our federal and state prosecutors, U.S. Marshals Service, FBI, DEA, uh, police chiefs, uh, sheriff's association, all of these groups, again, uh, who day in, day out are having to fight the drug epidemic. And so I was honored to help bring in uh, some additional dollars through the Office of National Drug Control Policy to help with our drug interdiction efforts here. You know, we've been pretty good at identifying as this is a horrible problem in Kentucky. Yes, sir. And we know that the, the, the toll it has taken on families, we see the expense it is to the communities and the decisions they're having to make to uh, prioritize uh, that over other things maybe that they would like to have. But what is the solution? What do you think we need to do to get our hands around this, uh, this opioid epidemic? Well, I you know, always talk about it as the drug epidemic, and the reason I use that term uh, is because we certainly need to continue to focus on the primary issue of the opioid challenges that we have here. We have to go after the bad actors, whether they be pharmaceutical companies, uh, prescribers, or whomever is bringing this poison uh, into the Commonwealth. But in addition to that, as you talk to the law enforcement community all across the 120 counties here in the Commonwealth, they will tell you we're now starting to see a reemergence of uh, crystal meth here in our communities. And so we have to do an equally, uh, uh, have equal responsibility, if you will, uh, to confront that challenge. So really the AG's office has to have a multi-faceted approach uh, to tackling this issue. What I've talked about on, uh, on the campaign trail is, one, really shifting the mindset of the Office of Attorney General, making sure that we reclaim and renew the promise of this office uh, as the chief law enforcement office. Uh, that means advocating very strongly for our commonwealths and county attorneys and for our law enforcement community uh, more globally. But what that means from a tangible point of view 
uh, is right now there's a Department of Criminal Investigations in the Attorney General's office. In my judgment, we need to increase the number of drug investigators that we have in that office so that we can do a, be a better partner, a better neighbor to our state and federal law enforcement community. That means uh, better sharing intel. Sometimes our law enforcement community, and they'll tell you this, can get in silos and are not doing a good job of communicating with one another. But I think it's terribly important as we move into this next decade uh, that we're doing a much better job of sharing intel, sharing uh, resources, making sure uh, that we're propping up our uh, multitude of task forces that we have here so that they can really be a force multiplier as we move into this next decade. Some have said that Kentucky uh, does a, a heck of a job in putting people in jail and, or in prison uh, over drugs, but we're not doing a good job treating people who are dealing with it. Uh, as you know, we have uh, these uh, woefully overcrowded local jails in many areas. We have 17 uh, full state prisons. Uh, what can Kentucky do to uh, reduce that, that cost of incarceration and get folks treated for what uh, they're addicted to? Well, the recidivism rate here in Kentucky after, I think, three to four years is about 50%. So we really have a responsibility uh, to work in the AG's office in a holistic approach uh, to tackling the drug epidemic. We obviously have a responsibility uh, in the Attorney General's office and are working with our Commonwealth and County attorneys to make sure that we're uh, in the enforcement business. Uh, but we also need to look at this as an addiction and, and, and need to look for ways that we can partner with our treatment community uh, to make sure uh, that we're doing a much better job of getting folks reintegrated into society, uh, making sure that we have strong workforce development programs so that folks that are coming out of prison uh, once they've served their, served their time in prison, uh, that they have an opportunity uh, to not only sustain themselves, but to sustain their families uh, so that we break the cycle of addiction and break the cycle of criminality. I know you've traveled the state a lot. You've talked to a lot of people and, 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 and gotten their thoughts about uh, what uh, ails the state. Uh, what do they tell you that, that they'd like to see happen? Well, one of the big things that I hear as I travel across the Commonwealth is that, um, you know, if once you get outside the golden triangle, if you will, of uh, Northern Kentucky, uh, Louisville, and Lexington, oftentimes uh, Kentuckians feel removed from their state government. Uh, and so as I, I travel far east and far west, uh, you start to hear all the time from folks that say that they don't really have a nexus to uh, what's going on in Frankfurt and what's going on in our state government, in particular in our, in, in particular in our AG's office. So I think it's incumbent upon the next AG, and I've committed to doing this, to making sure we have a visible presence of the Attorney General's office uh, outside of, of just uh, Louisville and Frankfurt, which is where uh, the primary uh, offices are right now. Uh, so I'm going to make sure that I'm working with our federal, uh, federally uh, appointed prosecutor, Rob Duncan, in the Eastern District, our federally appointed prosecutor, Russell Coleman, in the Western District, to make sure we can figure out some office sharing arrangements and other things to make sure that there is a visible presence of the AG's office uh, outside of uh, where we currently reside. Uh, in many ways, you know, it's nice to have a hotline that you can call, but I think it's much better to have uh, boots on the ground that are a representation of the office. Mr. Cameron, not only are you uh, running a political campaign trying to win this office right now, and as we pointed out, there has not been a Republican Attorney General in 70 years plus, uh, you also face a legal challenge to your qualifications. A ruling could come soon. Uh, there could be and are probably expected to be appeals from either side if that happens. Uh, do you believe that you 
satisfy the requirements under the Kentucky Constitution to be the Attorney General of the Commonwealth? I absolutely satisfy the uh, requirements to run for Attorney General. Uh, when I, before I got in the race, I obviously looked into that. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, is uh, that you have to have eight years to, as a licensed attorney. This was actually something that was litigated against Ben Chandler in 1995. A similar claim, a sim similar challenge was made against him, saying that he did not have the eight years of required uh, time as a, a lawyer, practicing lawyer, uh, to be on the ballot. And the court rebuked that notion. Basically what the court said uh, is that we don't get into the semantics of what your eight years of practice look like. We want to know how long you have been licensed. And I will have been licensed for eight years, which is the requirement uh, to run for attorney general by the November 5th election. At the end of the day, uh, this is a political ploy uh, by Mr. Stumbo through a surrogate. Uh, we recognize uh, that uh, in many ways, I think he, he looks at the polls and see that he's in a little bit of a trouble uh, and recognizes that people want new leadership in the attorney general's office as we move into this next decade. They want someone with energy uh, that's going to commit themselves uh, to running hard and working hard and diligently being a good partner to our law enforcement community. And that's what I put forth. The Fraternal Order of Police have endorsed this campaign because they believe in my ability to help reestablish the credibility of the Attorney General's office as a chief law enforcement office. Uh, so we're excited about uh, November Let me 5th. ask you this. Gre yes, sir. Greg Stumbo told us a week ago on this program he is not behind this lawsuit. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and he, but he did say he questioned your eligibility. Mm -hmm. Do you take him at his word that he is not, uh, obviously you, you do not, that, that he is not connected to this suit? Well, I think it's pretty clear that uh, Mr. Stumbo has some, uh, look, that it's, it's not uh, too terribly difficult to, to make that connection, that he has some uh, connectivity to this lawsuit. Uh, you wouldn't file this lawsuit uh, unless you thought that you had some struggle or some challenge in the polls. Uh, I think he looks at the polling and, and is uh, worried and concerned. Uh, and if you can't beat somebody at the ballot box, you try to sue them in the, uh, or, or, or file a lawsuit against them. And that's where we find ourselves now. Do you worry about the timing of this, though, being uh, you know very close to the time that voters are actually uh, going to the polls when it will be decided as to whether you're clear for the ballot? Well, folks, um, look, I think as we've traveled across the Commonwealth, uh, folks, I think in many ways this has backfired because people uh, have been, been emboldened by and have really uh, been supportive of our campaign because they know this is a dirty tactic, they know that this is a dirty trick. Uh, and so we found great strength and encouragement uh, as we travel. I know folks have already told me that they're voting for me because of this exact reason, because they are tired of the sort of political games that have been played in Frankfurt for so long. In many ways, the Office of Attorney General uh, should be depoliticized. I have some news for you yes, while sir. we're sitting here. Yes, sir. It's just been reported to me, the Courier-Journal is reporting that you are eligible. Well, let me just say... So the say, ruling has just come. Let me just say, Cameron <laughs> won, Stumbo zero. Okay, so we assume there, there may be an appeal, but yes, uh, uh, so we are taping this. So let's let's be uh, uh, totally transparent here. We're taping this Thursday for replay over the weekend, but the ruling on Thursday has come from the court of yep. jurisdiction that you are eligible. Well, and look, there's no surprise. I mean, the Ben Chandler case was very it wasn't binding uh, binding precedent, uh, but was very persuasive and compelling precedent, uh, and that was the uh, judgment that was uh, the ar the argument that was articulated. In in court. Uh, and I think the judge looked at that and made the decision, and really unsurprisingly, uh, that I'm qualified. So I, I am uh, very pleased by that decision. We expected that decision. Uh, we're glad to have it. Um, I suppose I'll be able to say that I've not only beat Mr. Stumbo uh, once, but hopefully twice by November 5th.
Do you think he will? Yes, uh, sir. Yeah? Yes, sir. You feel, I mean, you're, you're getting that kind of feedback? He, you know, he, here's a guy who has been Attorney General yep. before, who's been Speaker of the House, who has run statewide and has that name recognition. Yes, sir. Well, I think a couple of things. People just want something different in the Attorney General's office. They want somebody that's going to focus on the public safety challenges that we have here uh, in the Commonwealth. And I've talked to folks. Look, uh, Mr. Stumbo was the Attorney General from 2003 to 2007, as you noted. He had an opportunity to run for re-election to be Attorney General, but instead he opted to do something else because he didn't think this job was important enough. I've already made the uh, statement uh, several times that I believe the law enforcement community deserves continuity in this office. They need somebody that wants to lead this office into the next decade. And I think that is reflected and demonstrated by the fact that the Fraternal Order of Police have endorsed this campaign because they believe in my ability to lead it effectively. I have this question for you. If you were to be elected Attorney General yes, sir. and Andy Bashir were to win the governorship, and so we have that first Republican Attorney General in 70 years, and you have a Democratic governor. What kind of relationship uh, might Kentuckians see? Uh, because uh, when that has been, uh, you know, we've seen at least twice in the last uh, couple of decades, it can get rough when one attorney, when the attorney generals of one party and the governors of another. Yes, sir. Well, look, I, I've worked with Andy Bashir in the past when I was at Stites and Harbison. Uh, and look, I recognize uh, that we've got a, a tough governor's race. Uh, but I'm willing to work with whomever is going to be in the governor's mansion. The public safety challenges that we have here in the Commonwealth uh, really have no Republican or Democrat designation by them. So I want to work with whomever. I think that's one of the reasons that the Fraternal Order of Police endorsed this campaign is because they recognize that I don't really care about your uh, political designation or your political affiliation as it relates to those public safety challenges. We've got uh, incredible challenges that we have to confront and I have to be able to work with whomever uh, in our statewide offices uh, and the, the men and women of, uh, in, that are in our sheriff's roles, um, in our police chief roles, uh, our mayors. I've got to be able to work with whomever that wants to solve and uh, and uh, stem the tide of this epidemic that we have here in Kentucky. We're with Daniel Cameron. He's the Republican candidate for Kentucky Attorney General. We'll have uh, some more issue questions, some things that, uh, that may come up uh, in the campaign or before uh, for the next Attorney General when we come back on Kentucky Newsmakers. Welcome back to WKYT's Kentucky Newsmakers, and we're glad you're with us today. And a little bit later, we're going to have a report from Sam Dick about a special court in Lexington that is uh, uh, quite interesting. Uh, is he takes a look at how uh, different uh, sorts of uh, folks are being treated for matters when they have a mental illness. That's uh, coming here in just a little bit. Let's uh, talk with Daniel Cameron as we continue our discussion as he's running for Attorney General. You talk about, uh, at least on your website and in your speeches, about having better relationships with federal partners. Yes, sir. Uh, what do you mean by that? Well, look, I think the Attorney General, when you run to be the Attorney General, you run to be the Chief Law Enforcement Officer, and what that means in my judgment is that you're running to be a good partner, not only to the state law enforcement community, uh, but also our federal law enforcement community. So that means the FBI, uh, the U.S. Marshal Service, our federally appointed prosecutor, Rob Duncan, here uh, in the Eastern District, uh, Russell Coleman, who's our federally appointed prosecutor, in the Western District. I don't think that you can have a strong unified front in terms of confronting the drug epidemic unless you have strong relationships with those individuals uh, and those law, federal law enforcement entities. I have those relationships because of the nature uh, of the work that I did while I was in Washington, D.C. I think I can use uh, those relationships uh, to 
uh, expand the pool of resources that our law enforcement community uh, can have access to. I've already been thinking about ideas and ways in which to be able to do that. Uh, so I look forward after November 5th of being the Attorney General, making sure uh, that we are advocating very strongly for all of our law enforcement community. You have uh, uh, criticized Democrats on immigration and promised <laughs> no sanctuary cities. And uh, Stumbo and the current Attorney General, Andy Bashir, the nominee for governor, point out that there are no sanctuary cities in Kentucky, and the Attorney General says he has certified that. Uh, is that, uh, nevertheless, an uh, uh, important plank in your campaign that you promise uh, that there would not be? I mean, there are none. Yes. Right? Well, let me say this. Uh, I think Mr. Stumbo in 2013 tried to get us down that path. When he was the Speaker of the House, uh, in 2013, he proposed legislation uh, that would have given driver's licenses to uh, illegal uh, immigrants. Uh, then he would have told our federal law enforcement community that they can't track those individuals. Uh, I think if you're running to be the chief law enforcement officer here in the Commonwealth of Kentucky, again, being a good partner to our federal law enforcement community along with our state law enforcement community, I don't think you could, can make that sort of statement on the record because our ICE officials uh, have to enforce our immigration policies here. Imagine uh, being an ICE official here uh, in the Commonwealth and having to work with Mr. Stumbo when he's made that sort of statement on the record. I think in many ways you forfeit your right to be the Attorney General if you've made such statement. Uh, we're going to work diligently and closely with our uh, federal partners and I think part of that is working with our ICE officials. What do you say in situations like over in Louisville where uh, the local officials have decided that possession of uh, marijuana charges are uh, not going to be treated in the way that the state law calls for them uh, to be uh, treated uh, and the officers are in conflict with uh, you know what are they to do uh, do right. what their superiors are telling them to do or follow the state law. Right. Well, I think they, they you know, the, uh, our local police uh, officers and uh, law enforcement community have a responsibility to still enforce the law. The county attorney, uh, Mr. Uh, O'Connell, has made that decision, and so he has to make a separate decision about whether, whether to prosecute those individuals. Uh, and so I intend in, in the attorney general's office uh, to make sure that to the best of my ability, making sure that I'm uh, fostering stronger relationships uh, where there might be some divides right now uh, with you know, our law enforcement community and our, our uh, county and commonwealth attorneys. How do you feel, though, about generally the, yeah. the, the low possession levels and, and, and whether people are uh, incarcerated uh, for that? Well, I think we, we need to certainly still enforce uh, those laws. But as you talk to folks, uh, uh, you know, our county attorneys or even our commonwealth attorneys, primarily our county attorneys, they will tell you that they're not prosecuting those cases uh, as vigorously as they once did because of some of the other issues and challenges that we have here in Kentucky as it relates to crystal meth and, and opioids. Uh, but I think Mr. O'Connell just made that statement on the record. Kentucky has unfortunately been the scene of uh, school shootings. We had one of the first in the 1980s here. We had the awful Paducah shootings. We've had Marshall County. We've also had mass shootings over the years, as you know. How do we deal with gun safety issues here in the Commonwealth? Well, I think um, from the law enforcement standpoint, we've got to do a much better job of make sure that we have resources uh, that allow for there to be uh, folks within our, our, our schools that can protect uh, our, our children as they're trying to learn and so I will certainly be a part of that conversation. Uh, in fact, uh, I was just talking to my mom last week about uh, potentially doing some sort of uh, forum, if you will, uh, at the community college in, in E-Town uh, to really talk about this issue and bring all the stakeholders to the table uh, to figure out credible solutions for how we can make sure that we are uh, 
protecting our children how, uh, when they're in school. Uh, how, where do you stand just generally on uh, on the issue of gun control? Yep. I mean, do you... Uh, We're going to protect the rights of our citizens here as it relates to the Second Amendment. I'm strongly in favor of our Second Amendment rights uh, and will uh, endeavor to do so uh, every, at every situation. Is bail reform in Kentucky something that, uh, that you're interested in getting into? People who are being held pre-trial in many cases who will eventually be acquitted of the charges, but who are being held in ca some cases for months uh, before that trial, and we have this overcrowding situation yes, that is uh, burdening a lot of our counties. I am in favor of having that discussion. I, the Pegasus Institute, uh, I think last week late or earlier this year perhaps, uh, put out a, uh, a report about how many non-violent offenders are uh, in jail essentially because they cannot pay bail, where there are actually violent actors who are able to pay bail and get out of jail. Uh, so I think that's a, a system that probably needs to be reviewed very closely. Uh, especially as we look at the overcrowding concerns that we have. Yeah, a gentleman in Louisville released after five years, yes, uh, acquitted, uh, who was potentially facing the death penalty. Yes, sir. Sometimes uh, it, it, we get it wrong, right? Well, I think so, and I think that's why we uh, in the law enforcement community and those that are partnering with the law enforcement community always have to uh, be ready to, to look internally to make sure how can we improve our system. We have a responsibility, obviously, to do that. I hope to be a part of that uh, responsibility and, and provide uh, some uh, solutions and ideas about how we can better foster relationships with all of our communities. You uh, anticipate uh, President Trump uh, will still come, and is that important to the Republicans? I think so. I, I think uh, it is incredibly important. I, I hope he makes it. Um, I was obviously endorsed by President Trump. Uh, and was grateful for that endorsement. Uh, and so I think he will probably make it here. Daniel Cameron, thanks for coming. Yes, Republican sir. candidate for attorney general. We're coming back at WKYT report on a special court in Lexington that deals with different kinds of offenders. Back with that in a moment. Welcome back to WKYT's Kentucky Newsmakers. A little-known court in Lexington is changing lives in some of the most difficult situations imaginable. The people who go to the special court are dealing with very complicated mental health challenges. Most also have drug problems and they're facing trouble with the law. And getting them into a more stable, safe, and drug-free life can take years. But it's a start. WKYT was given special access to see how the Mental Health Diversion Court is changing lives person by person. Sam Dick has our story. There's a district court judge. You've developed a real vision. And it's in a courtroom. I never had a doubt that you would make it. I'm so proud of you. But that's where the similarities end. There's no jury, no prosecutor, or defense attorney. Is it solid? This is Mental Health Diversion Court in Fayette County. It meets every Monday afternoon. The people who come here have been referred by police, attorneys, and support specialists. Connie Milligan helped start the court four years ago. The people come in homeless. They come in without treatment, without medication. Often they're in unsafe relationships and um, their lives are just circling the drain. All the clients have suffered some form of trauma, like child sexual abuse. They face criminal charges, substance abuse, and serious mental illness. We know that people are not going to improve or get better 
by rotating through jail in the court system. It just doesn't work. Okay. And what we're able to do through the mental health court is wrap our arms around people by providing treatment, case management, and peer support. So there is no quick fix, and it takes a team of people to provide all that help and support. Is he dealing with trauma in his therapy? Most of the people around this table are with NAMI of Lexington, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. The city of Lexington is a partner. If we didn't have the mayor and the city council on board, there would be no mental health court. The mental health court team includes victims' advocates who have been through recovery themselves, a probation officer, case managers, an assistant county attorney, and Judge John Tackett. This is a court that just spoke to me. I've got experience with folks with mental illness in my family. I mean, On Monday before court, first, they discuss the each person appearing that day in front of the judge, examining where that person is in treatment and their support group. They use 30 community partners like therapists and treatment facilities to help the clients. And some of that help even comes from out of state. We've sent folks um, into treatment in different parts of the country because there was a specialized program that really spoke to their needs. and. They hadn't been successful in local community activities. In the end, no, it is up to the clients to make the changes. I was facing homelessness. Um, I was at my lowest from, you know, being active in addiction. They, they gave me a chance. The first time Brandon Starr tried the mental health court program, he couldn't make it work. But in this court, you get more than one chance. I had been incarcerated maybe four or five months, so I was, I was determined to get out and not only to prove to them, but to prove to myself, you know, that, hey, I can do this, you know. The second time worked for Brandon. He even landed a job at Jeff Ruby's Steakhouse and earned Employee of the Month. Judge Tackett is about to award Brandon with reaching Phase 4 in the program. They start in Phase 1 and work their way up. 4 means you've graduated. Congratulations, Phase 4. You're killing it. I'm, I'm just thankful they didn't, they didn't give up on me. Um, so I feel like I'm, I'm supposed to give back. You, know, you can't just have all that all good right. and you and not operated. want to give it back, you know, help somebody else. I'm, I'm grateful. And uh, it's, it's, it's just a blessing. Some success stories there in that report by our Sam Dick. Don't forget the Kentucky debate is coming up. The candidates for governor, Matt Bevan and Andy Bashir face-to-face -face on stage at the University of Kentucky, the Singletary Center. That'll be Tuesday night. We'll bring it to you live on WKYT and on WKYT.com. And we hope you join us then. And we'll see you bright and early this week on WKYT This Morning. Make it a good week ahead.